Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. February 24th, 2021. Is Roku using a Trojan horse to devour the TV ad market? With Roku's market cap north of $50 billion, investors are clearly looking at something well beyond 2020 platform revenues of $1.3 billion, which will likely grow to over $2.1 billion in 2021. In fact, Near to intermediate term revenue, let alone profitability, appears completely besides the point to investors, as there is not enough revenue or growth to justify current valuation. More than a connected TV gatekeeper. Roku has clearly positioned itself as the quote-unquote gatekeeper to the connected TV ecosystem, as Liberty's Dr. John Malone talked to at his Paley Center interview last year. He said, quote, Does it evolve something like the Apple App Store, where, you know, you got to pay to play to show the revenue going through is going to be extracted, or how much of the ad time, if it's ad supported or whatever, it's going to be extracted by the owner of the platform? End quote. Extracting value for everything flowing through the Roku platform is certainly a big deal, whether it be advertising, subscription, or transactional. Roku takes a percentage of advertising revenue on all ad-supported apps, excluding YouTube, takes a percentage of subscription revenue for new subscriptions generated on the platform, and takes a share of all transactional revenue, such as PVOD and VOD. Apple does not even get a bite from most of the applications on iOS. That said, what if Roku's long-term goal is actually far more ambitious? What if Roku actually wants advertisers to come to them versus their network partners? Roku versus its streaming partners. Back in 2011, we raised concern that supplying content to Netflix would ultimately be a mistake for legacy media companies. While it proved extremely lucrative for legacy media, their collective desire for near-term revenue and profits enabled the creation of the Netflix monster that exists today. We cannot help but wonder if history is repeating itself between Roku and legacy media. All the legacy media companies that have AVOD or FAST or even hybrid AVOD SVOD services are giving Roku a meaningful share of their inventory, which is building Roku's industry power, scale, and connected TV advertising. The larger Roku's platform grows, the more data it has to target advertising to generate superior outcomes to its legacy media peers' individual apps. When you read the Q&A between Lightshed and Roku embedded below from last week's Q4 2020 earnings call, All we can think about is how outdated the concept of buying a specific show is in 2021. Once you shift advertising dollars from walled garden of linear TV to streaming connected TV, performance and ROI should be the guiding light, as they are across the broader digital mobile ad market. If buying Roku outperforms buying Peacock, Discovery, HBO Max, Paramount+, Plus and leads to a better consumer experience by ensuring frequency capping across all apps, why would an advertiser not shift all of their spending to tvOS platforms such as Roku, assuming there are no overarching brand safety concerns? Note, while Amazon's Fire OS has minimal data on what is happening on linear TV due to a limited OEM footprint, it can leverage its shopping knowledge uniquely that individual apps cannot. It is not very hard to imagine that Roku will squeeze the amount of data it provides for targeting to third-party apps on its platform versus using that data exclusively for advertisers that come directly to Roku. 
Today, Roku is playing nice with the ecosystem as it builds scale, but there will clearly be a tipping point. Deja vu all over again for legacy media. Now let's go to what happened on the Q4 conference call. Hi, thanks for taking the question. Um, you know, if you're a brand and you want to reach connected TV viewers, I was wondering if you could just help us understand the difference between two different scenarios. One, you go out and you buy Hulu or Peacock Direct, and a portion of that that ad time that you're buying ends up on Roku devices. Choice two is you buy Roku directly, and a portion of your spend may end up on a Hulu or a Peacock or even both. I guess if I'm thinking about this, if I'm a marketer brand, why do I buy Roku Direct versus the other way around? And, and what does buying Roku Direct achieve that simply can't be achieved by buying from the programmer directly and ending up on a Roku device? Scott, you want to take that? Yeah, hey, Rich. I, I guess the short answer is it's a both and, not an either or. The, these content partners are our partners and our goal as an ad business is to complement, not compete with them. There are many reasons, of course, that you might buy directly with a network or an app on our platform. Uh, for example, it could be part of a broader cross-platform buy, your upfront commitment. Uh, sure, but if I leave that aside, like if I just leave the upfront aside and say there is no upfront in a world where, like, if you just had to put a dollar to work, why would I put a dollar into direct, like, what, what are the advantages that I get by buying Roku that I can't get by throwing it into a broader buy? Yeah, so it's... Well, one, one, so, okay. Go ahead, Yeah. I was just going to say one advantage is the ability that we also have access to what linear ads that you've, you've been seeing through our ACR and our Roku TVs. And so, you know, in terms of unduplicated reach, we can help you do that. that uh, uh, an app who doesn't have that data can't, can't really do that. Yeah, yeah. So just to build on that. So one, one key reason, Rich, is the ability to uh, reach users that you aren't going to reach just through those select couple of publisher direct buys. So one of the things we regularly do with our advertisers is produce an only, only both view of who they reached with each of their buys. Uh, and, and we do that with linear too. And we regularly show them that even though, uh, you know, for example, they're heavily invested in Hulu, they didn't reach this whole other big class of users because they're either not active with those other publishers or they're not holistically optimizing across linear and their whole OTT buy. There are a lot of other reasons that uh, advertisers invest directly with us. One is we excel at optimizing for performance using data. I mean, we've been investing for years in our, in our data and our ad stack, and we excel there. We're not in the business, as you know, of selling contact. So if you got to buy the office or you got to buy a specific show, uh, you're going to do that directly with the network. But if you're optimizing for uh, reach and frequency and performance, uh, you, you know, investing with Roku is a key factor. That, the other thing I'll mention here is that OneView is a key component in this discussion. One of the reasons we've invested so heavily in the OneView capability is so that in the case where you're doing a publisher direct buy, you can still leverage Roku identity, Roku data, and capabilities to help optimize that publisher direct buy against all your other activity. Right. So, if I, But I'm just thinking out loud. Like if, if the ultimate – what you just said, Scott, to me is the most important. If I want to optimize for reach, frequency, and performance, I can't think of anything else 
just it, optimizing so that I can be on This Is Us seems suboptimal to optimizing for reach frequency and performance. Uh, look, you know, uh, our focus as a company is on data and, and, and performance and, and outcomes for advertisers, but there are lots of reasons why advertisers also care about context and want to be in that show. And that, that's not our lot. That's the, that's the, the focus and capability of a lot of networks. Um, but, you know, look, we, we, we agree. We're focused on leveraging our data and our tech and capabilities to drive outcomes for advertisers and help them orchestrate their OTT investment, uh, even in the case where they're doing it directly with a publisher. What could go wrong for Roku? Roku has been able to force AVOD and FAST and hybrid SVOD, AVOD apps to give them a share of advertising inventory for Roku to sell themselves. Yet Roku has been unable to get the single largest AVOD fast app to share inventory, YouTube. YouTube represents 22% of all connected TV time spent, and more importantly, over 40% of all ad-supported connected TV time spent. Hulu represents 15% of all connected TV time spent, and probably 25-30% to of ad-supported connected TV time spent, with it unclear whether or how much advertising from Hulu Roku has access to beyond the VMVPD Hulu Live. In turn, the obvious risk to Roku's long-term plan to dominate connected TV advertising is apps with massive scale. It's effectively impossible to sell a connected TV device such as Roku if you do not offer Netflix, YouTube, Amazon, Prime Video, Hulu, and Disney+. While there are plenty of new SVOD and AVOD and hybrid AVOD and SVOD apps that will need Roku more than Roku needs them, forcing new entrants to share ad inventory with Roku, essentially exactly what NBC said they would never do at their Peacock Investor Day, if all that matters over time is a small handful of massive ad-supported apps, that could meaningfully diminish Roku's leverage. At some level of scale, we presume these third-party apps will have enough leverage to say no to Roku's ad-share demands. That said, nobody has any meaningful advertising scale today on connected TVs beyond YouTube and Hulu. Not only is connected TV advertising dominated by YouTube, but it's also worth thinking about how rapidly YouTube is growing, with growth reaccelerating in Q4 2020 to 46% year-over-year. See the tweet embedded below. 16 years after launch, we believe the single greatest driver of YouTube revenue growth is demand for YouTube on connected TVs. An even bigger and stronger YouTube, with its breadth of advertising, far beyond the top 200 brands that advertise on linear TV. Data across an array of apps, devices, and in turn targeting ROI is probably the single greatest threat to Roku's long-term vision of devouring today's linear TV advertising dollars.